What's up, guys? We're back a day late. Um, I mean, that's this is on me. A dollar short. A dollar short. <laughs> I feel like we we uh, earned this though for being a day early on the premium pod. So um, you didn't know, but you were just uh, we were paying for that day last week. So um, yeah, we're a day late. I was up in Cleveland going to a Blink One Eighty Two concert because I am stuck in you know two thousand one, even though I was like what seven in two thousand one. So, um, yeah, man, we're we're back, and uh, we got a, a shockingly full slate of stuff to talk about with um, some kickoff times getting announced. We've got some conference expansion talk. We've got some uh, um, recruiting stuff to talk about. So I, I don't know. I, for a for a week, random midweek in May, I feel like we're doing pretty good in terms of uh, stuff that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's that kind of time of year where to me, I mean, like I'm still a pretty avid NBA fan as I believe you are as well Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. And you know, the hockey playoffs are still ongoing too, of course, which I, uh, I was mostly watching just as a Connor McDavid hater. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'm pretty on my Twitter at this point in time, but I've really had a lot of fun just only watching that to hate on him. Um, (laughs) Well, it's just annoying, right? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like for example, like with Victor Wembanyama, right? He was just you know, everyone watched the draft lottery last night. Spurs everyone picked the whole thing. Wemby's going to the Spurs. Chris Broussard said today, if he ends up as I think the list he gave was Anthony Davis, Hakeem, or Kareem, he's a disappointment. Which is a if, to say that he's if he doesn't if he ends up as Kareem, he's a disappointment. Is the craziest thing anyone's ever fucking said. Yeah. Um, if you say AD, that's actually probably correct. If he ends up with AD's career, he probably is a disappointment. That's probably a fair thing to say. Yeah. But. To say he ends up as whatever, not even the point. I'm not getting into that. Connor McDavid came into the, came into the NHL, billed as like the god of hockey. Like he was the next Wayne Gretzky, he's the next yeah. Crosby, he's better than Sidney Crosby, next Mary Lemieux, whatever you want to call him. Like, and he's now eight full seasons into his NHL career and has not won a single playoff game past the second round. He has yeah. won, I believe, two playoff series. No, sorry, three playoff series ever um, after eight years. Uh, which the argument to this is, oh, I'm actually do the same thing, yada, yada, whatever. But it's still like, you call this guy fucking Wayne Gretzky. I'd like to see him win something, right? And especially like, it's not like he's on a shit team. He has another MVP on his team. Yeah, they're good uh, now. That was, that was a fine excuse for, for a little bit, but like. Yeah, they have like 15 lottery picks on that team. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's rough. So That's rough. What, what, fuck off, win some games. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is sad. Anyway. I've, I've, just, I've decided that I think of um because fuck the blue jackets i think the blue jackets need yeah. to just start over and disband as a franchise maybe like move to cincinnati and come back fan, or dude. something like that yeah well I, I thought about that i don't really have any connection at all to pittsburgh though so I, what my my lead in here is that my dad <laughs> my dad's entire side of the family is from edmonton and so okay. I, I i could be an oilers fan if i wanted to you, so. you want to pick the one franchise with a more tortured existence than columbus yeah, right. Uh, because <laughs> I mean, yeah. I they've actually won games. But that franchise, like, they are just poorly run. It's it's uh, horrific. They it's always horrific. have talent. Yeah. Well, I I hear about it a lot. I mean, obviously, my whole dad's side of the family still lives there, but like, they are they are miserable. I and like the the wild thing too is they would be extremely jealous if I actually like started going to games and stuff because they like can't. Like the tickets are so damn expensive to just like go oh, to an, Oilers, sure. an Oilers home game that like one time I casually posted a picture of my like twelve dollar Blue Jackets tickets that I went that I bought to go watch the Oilers play and like a few of my cousins were like oh my god you got to see the Oilers play live and I was like it yeah yeah I paid 
twelve dollars and the hot dog. I well, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that as a kid because, like, when I you know when I was when I was first born, the things were still good with yogurt and all that. But like, I had a period when I was like six until I was what like ten or eleven, where the penguins were pretty dog shit. And it's like you, during that period, me and my dad would go like ten times a year because you could just yeah. get ten dollar tickets, twelve dollar tickets. Like going to the Pirates game where you could sit in the bleachers for five bucks. When I was a kid. Yeah. Like just two horrible teams. You just go whenever. And then City Crosby got drafted. All of a sudden, it's like we go to one game a year. We're lucky because tickets are right. the fucking roof, uh, which is just what changes. And I mean, fortunately, Columbus fans would never have to worry about that because they will never draft a good player. But I do think that, you know, it's it's something you may have to worry about in the future. But the reason I brought all this up, I realized I kind of, I just said it as a non sequitur and just went off on a, on a tangent, that is that as the NBA and NHL playoffs wind down, like I vaguely like baseball, but I don't really, I'm not a daily baseball watcher or anything like that. I watch like stat lines and box scores of baseball. If, if you're watching, this is an aside, if you're watching baseball daily and you're not gambling on it, you have a problem. I think that's that's like and like like my my thing is I follow it too and like I will like check the red scores. I'm a big Reds fan and I'll like check the scores and stuff like that. Like and you know, I'll I'll pay attention to the games, but like I know people who just like will watch like Dude, almost all friends of, of ours. The guys listening to this podcast or I'm in group chats with are just uh, all respect to him. You know, shout out to Ryan Day. Like it is hell, a like regular guys, season. Other. Dude, they watch every regular season game. They're like tweet about like the the pitch velocity of regular season like games in the sixth inning. Like props to them. I'm just not that crazy, dude. I, I guess this is like rich for me to say as a guy who watches like Eastern Michigan games every yeah. Tuesday in October yeah, and November. That, that is the. <laughs> and, may, and maybe maybe if my team was good and like I, I guess that's the other difference is like there have definitely been times where my team is good and I can't wait to watch like a Tuesday like day game. But like my team yeah. is the Cincinnati Reds, so. That's not a problem for me. Right. And I guess for me, my, my explanation is like to watch the same team 162 times in a year, I truly can't comprehend. More if they make the playoffs, which again, these guys are Cleveland fans. So they don't have to worry about it this year. But like, uh, you know, uh, the idea of, of like, uh, of like, you know, at least in college football, I get to watch pretty much, I pretty much every team in the sport play once a year for the most part, which I am probably one of like the 0.1% of fans that can say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like intentionally trying to set up my schedule. So I do that that way. Like, it's really fun to do, um, which is nice for me individually, but whatever, not, not the whole point. I'm not trying to get into all that. What I'm trying to say is as the playoffs wind down, it's just baseball on when it just gets to just baseball. That's football season. That is football yeah. season. Free agency is almost done in the NFL. The draft's over. Players are getting signed. Uh, your final cuts are you know, you're, like your pre July one cuts are all happening right now, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's college football season, dude. We are in the in like official visits start on June second. You know, camps are during that period of time. You have the July dead period, then fall camp until August. We are pretty much to football season. Like we are two weeks away when the when the June official visits start. That is the new start of football season to me. So we are pretty much in the thick of it right now. I can't wait. Um, I'm like doing my. I'm starting to write my previews for all the Power Five conferences. I'm breaking out the top players at each position. I'm meeting midfield.com. Everyone should go subscribe and, and get a membership to come join our boards. Uh, we're in the season, man. Like, it's getting there. I, I am pumped up. Uh, I can't wait. And, I mean, with that, you know that you're getting close when they're literally advertising kickoff times. Like, it sounds dumb. Oh, yeah. But, like, when they're, when they're giving that to us, it is, like, is, is a blogger who, for, like, seven years, my whole job was to, like, create content out of the blue every day. It is like manna from the gods when something like that happens, when they're just, you know, handing out kickoff times to you. And uh, 
I mean, I even more than that, if you're a really serious fan, you have to have takes on kickoff times in, in yeah. May. Um, I think my strongest take that I'm going to hit you with, um, agree or not, is that I'm just waiting for Ohio State-Michigan to be a night game. I want it to be a night game. I Or at least 3.30, you know, I just not noon. And I think, if anything, just to piss off the people who insist that this thing that is not a tradition uh, is like the traditional kickoff time. Because Ohio State has actually kicked off at not noon more times than they have kicked. Ohio State-Michigan has kicked off at not noon more times than they've kicked off at noon. Fun fact. Yeah, correct. It's it, it is definitely not a tradition. That is 100% fair to say. Um, I do, however, I, I hate to disappoint you. I do prefer the noon game. I think um, I generally prefer noon games in general, but I just I, I like the juice of a night game. Although I, I know might what not you make mean. I, I might not make. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I think for Michigan specifically, like the tension and the anxiety of that entire week uh, is yeah. so high. <laughs> And then, like, it's even more ratcheted up when you, like, like the day of. I've never had a 3.30 game as an adult. I don't think any of us have, right? It's been noon for quite a few years. Think, When's the last I time it was 3.30? 2006 was the last 3.30. Okay, so it's been quite a while since it was 3.30. You know, 16, 16, 17 years ago by the time we get to the season. Yeah. That's a long time to wait. It, it is hard to... It's fucking hard to wait that long. I don't know, dude. Like, I, I loved waking up on a home... Saturday Michigan game when I was in college and, you know, getting to have uh, getting to drink at four 30 in the morning and wait for the game to kick off at noon. And like those hours were intense. Like you wake up ready to go. It's hard to sleep the night before your Thanksgiving. It's hard to talk with your family. It's like what's coming up for the game. It's like you know, surreal week, once the ball gets kicked off. Like, Oh, it, it, that is, it feels like a dream. Like there are a yeah. few things in my life that have, I'm sure we all have this one where you feel like you're in a movie. Uh, for me, there was like a day, like one of my first days walking around Buenos Aires, I was like, oh, I'm like in a movie right now. It feels like I like, you know, made it my first Michigan, Ohio state game that felt that way. Yeah. All of them feel that way. Actually. You just like it's look like around and all... you're like, holy shit, this is real. Like, and it's even if you're watching that's humanity, it's beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Um, so yeah, given yeah. that I, I take that back because I cannot comprehend Waking up on Saturday and then having to like wait the entire like I because you're know still going to wake up at six a.m. You're going to wait like you're, you're not going to be able to sleep like you're going to be up. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You're going to post all day. You can't do it. We've done it before. I mean, I, <laughs> we could. I guess we've done it before. But for a night game for a Michigan game, because you, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I could post all day. It, it, like, it's, it's even a different type of juice than like I mean because the the counter argument is obviously the national title games are night games yeah. too and, and that's difficult too but like it's a different kind of juice for, for it's a monday yeah that's true and also like the playoff games the way i got through because i was in new orleans i think it was you were as well for the alabama play, semi-tide mm-hmm. semi-final and the way i got through it was just drinking heavily the night before so i slept in <laughs> yeah that is the life hack there <laughs> like that's my answer to it yeah. uh i don't know i guess i could do the same for michigan but i don't think i could do michigan with the hangover i wake up with the hangover on michigan saturday I'm going to be a nasty kind of kind of guy. I will mm-hmm. be. I'm already a nasty guy on Michigan Day. I am like, I don't know. Every time Ohio State plays a big game, there's a. I think I told the story in the podcast before. There's a good buddy of our our friend group in Columbus who, uh, a great friend of ours, but not the basically every other guy in the group besides him is a huge sports fan. He doesn't really care that much. That's the worst. And and you had to watch a game with a, him. Yeah, there's one or two other guys that don't care quite as much. But he made a sports ball joke like in the first quarter of the 2020 Clemson game. 
And I was like, you did it one more time, you're getting out of the fucking house. Like, I'm not joking. You make a sports ball comment again, you're you're walking out of the house. And he was like, huh, come on. I was like, no, no you <laughs> I was like, I don't think you understand. I'm ready to run an Oklahoma drill right now. Like I, I need like you're <laughs> I'm I'm doing this for your benefit. I'm sure um, I'm sure you've had this. It's probably not the same level because they at least like respect and like kind of try to care. But the worst is watching games like that with people who do not care, like a group of them when you're you're the exception. And so, like, I think not this past one, but maybe shit. Oh, no, this past one I watched with my family, with my brother-in-law and stuff, too. The Uh, past Michigan game? or This this one I did. But so, like, that, that one was fine. But the one before that when Ohio state lost to Michigan and like broke the streak and stuff like that, I was watching it with my in-laws, with my wife's family who like, they pretend to give a shit about football, but they don't really. And like, it was like torturous because just the comments, yeah. like, Oh, they're really going to lose. Aren't they, man, they should play a lot better than that. And I'm like losing my fucking mind as I'm trying to like post through it. Like there, there is nothing worse than, than being surrounded by people who do not care about the thing that you very much care about. That's what, dude, I watched that game, my little brother, that 2021 game, and it's like, he was 14 or 13 at the time. It's like, so he can care about it, but he can't really care about it the way, like, we, you know what I mean? Like, you can't really get it. But this past Georgia playoff game was New Year's Eve, obviously in Argentina. I was watching with friends here, and Credit to them. They were like, they were rooting for my team. They're buying them they They're all like just huge. They're all huge. Of course, the culture right. of sports here is so massive. Right. We all want the World Cup together. They get the, and it's right after the World Cup too. So they get the juice. The juices are still flowing. Right. They have a hunger for it. So they're like living and dying every play a little bit, but they're also asking me to explain some rules. And I'm like, come on, I can't, I can't do I can't this. Right do now. this. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get the uh, ball think, in the paint. That's, that's all I can give you. I, I think, uh, my buddy Russo was, he watched, of course, the final kick go the way it went. And he was like, ah, oh, do they normally like miss by that much? <laughs> what a brutal accidental own. I love so, that. It's like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that is, that is awesome. That is awesome. Like, it was just so innocent, too. Like, oh, man, do they yeah. normally miss like that? Like, no, no, sure don't. <laughs> God sure damn it! Um, <laughs> anyway, kickoff times. Kickoff times are getting announced. So, so there have been what three Big Ten games announced so far? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I on the plus side of things, I love this new somehow tradition that Sparty has presumably agreed to, where we hype this like Michigan State game up as if it's like some primetime banger against like two heavyweight teams. When we all know damn well that Michigan State's going to get the shit beat out of them, we do this every yeah. year. Like and and like maybe maybe Sparty and there has been a time when it was like a, a like sleepy noon game where there was bad weather and stuff like that, where like it it could have gone Sparty's way. It was like the punt fest or whatever when Drew Crispin was the MVP. Um, that game was weird, but like all these games when they hype it up as like a a, a prime time matchup between like premier Big Ten programs, like. Sparty gets the shit kicked out of them. And I yeah. love it because like Sparty could have a chance if they could just like slip on in there as, as like a, a sleepy, you know, like, like layover game, whatever. But when they have this lead up, like this just isn't going to work out good for them. And it never has. No. It's so I love it. I, I love, I love that we're doing this again. And respect to them. They are trying to like, I mean, it's not going to work obviously, but like Mel Tucker is, 
not going the route of every other Big Ten team and trying to play Big Ten like football, like smash mouth, run the ball. Yeah. You know, like he's trying to build another national power. It's not going to work. Clearly, it's not going to work. It's 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 already dead. But yeah. <laughs> like he's trying to play a style that Ohio State just loves to play. Like you're trying to be the team from the Midwest that wants to get into a shootout with Ohio State where you're trading deep balls. Yeah, it's not going to. It doesn't go well. It worked for Purdue that one time when we had JT Barrett. But or no, that was uh, the yeah, yeah, JT Barrett. It was Wayne Haskins. Haskins. Iowa, Iowa was JT Barrett. Iowa was when JT threw four interceptions. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm trying to remember which JT Barrett terrible starts cost games. There were four or five of them. Uh, but besides the point, um, no, the Purdue game. Yeah, fair enough. That was like the one time that happened to Ohio State. They lost a shootout track meet with the Big Ten team. And to me, probably the last time they'll ever lose a track meet uh, in the Big Ten. <laughs> I think that's crazy yeah, to not, say. It's, it's not going to happen. And the only reason was because the um... – I mean, there's several. We don't need to go decide or yeah, dissect yeah, the yeah, game from, from future podcasts. Yeah, but I mean, uh, <laughs> but it was the, the defense was ass. That's that's kind of kind of the gist of it. I, I was thinking, by the way, I was actually I had a group chat topic about this. We can do this next week. I'm just proposed this to you live on the podcast. Um, the most embarrassing losses of Ohio State during the day of my tenure. Um, I have yeah. a ranking. I'm sure you have your own ranking. We can maybe do that. It could be a fun episode yeah. next week. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Not really fun, more of kind of excruciating, but that'd be cool anyway. It'd be fun uh, for everybody else. But yeah, anyway, we're going to beat the shit out of Michigan State. Uh, yeah, there are certain kind of Michigan State games that are scary, like you said. Noon games in November at their place, games with bad weather. If they're actually good, they're scary all the time because, except that game, uh, what, two years ago? Um, Where they were fake good and everybody knew it. Yeah. And then Ohio State won by like 49 or whatever. Right. If they're good and tough, like if that's a tough, nasty Michigan State team, like the one that beat Michigan State with Kenny Walker, yeah. I guess that's also the team we beat. But like that team is normally scary to us. <laughs> like that's kind of the Michigan yeah. State team. It's like a little sketchy for us to play. Like the 2013 team, the 2015 team, the D'Antonio teams, basically, or like any kind of punt punt ass game. Yeah, but this version of Michigan State, no, we're gonna boat no. race them. Yeah, and th- I mean, I don't know. I I just. Nothing about Michigan State right now, the way that that program is going, leaves me like optimistic for them in like any regard yeah. about the future, about this upcoming season. Like nothing's nothing's going well for them. Um, so, I mean, you can save this pod and come talk to me if Ohio State. Yeah, feel free. Yeah, it's that's fine. You can find me. The number of times, by the I, way, I... the number of times that like I've said some shit online and. Somebody said, "I'll find this when when your or when your team loses or something like no, that." No, you won't. No, you won't because it's not going to happen. Like the number of times, <laughs> the number of times that like it's gone exactly how I predicted it, and I never hear from that person again. It it's yeah. not even close to the number of times that somebody actually gets to talk shit. Not and even if close. you do, I'm just going to block you anyway. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, go ahead. I'm just going to block you. I don't care. But it's not. It's the internet. I'm not. Trying to, I'm not here to like be held accountable. I'm having yeah. fun online with my friends. And I and and I will say the one time that it happened like recently was when I said JJ McCarthy sucked, and Michigan still beat Ohio State. And like the funniest part about that was that JJ McCarthy still sucked. He completed one pass longer than five yards the entire second half. And so that makes yeah. it even funnier that Ohio State lost to him. But he still sucks. Oh, yep. Um, I, I did you read David Hale's article this week of like the quarterback tiers? I did not. No. Am I going to be on ESPN? About it? 
Oh, it's so stupid. It's not even like, I don't think Kyle McCord's a clue. I think it's only returning quarterbacks or whatever. Okay. But it's just like one of the, like, as a guy who just did his own list, I had to go through, you know, about 75 quarterbacks to get to yeah. my rankings. It's just one of the dumbest things I've ever read. Like, the, like where you see certain guys at, I think he had like Sam Hartman as a top five quarterback, just like shit like that. Just like purely narrative based nonsense, yeah, like I no grounding that. and like any kind of like tape review statistics, just like, what are the vibes on like how I can write this into like a 6,000 word article to get, you know, 17 yep. different ad breaks in. Um, and was JJ McCarthy way too high? I do recall it being way too high. Let me find the article. Let's see. I can just. I, I loved, while you're looking for this, I loved not to, uh, to cause unnecessary banter on this, this free podcast that there's a yeah. greater than 0% chance that he's going to listen to. But our good friend, Thick Stauskas. Uh, oh yeah. What's he got posted, going on? Posted a tweet a while ago that was expressing concern that J.J. McCarthy, not, not, not even concern, it was like, if J.J. McCarthy stays for one more year, that would be huge or something like that. And, like, I earnestly replied, like, where, do you, where are you worried that he's going to go? Because, like, I just, like, I, I don't see a realm of reality, like, where right now J.J. McCarthy is, like, a leave early NFL quarterback. Like no. would he would he go in the first three rounds? Like there's no there's no chance. Like, am I wrong there? Like if I'm wrong, like tell me. Could he go in the first three rounds? I mean, he could be Malik Willis. Yeah, sure. That's like yeah. his comp, I guess. It's like guy who has a big arm but can't actually hit anybody with it. Right. And like pretty athletic, but can like make, not really a freak plays. athlete. Yeah. And so like yeah, like, is like like he's gonna he's not gonna get good grades. He's not he's like, a poor man's Ryan Tannehill right now. Yeah. And and so and so like my my thing is and and I like expressed that to him was like I just like I think it's kind of like a bit presumptuous to just assume that he might consider leaving, given like like everything that he's shown so far. Like I just I I don't think you need to worry about that. Was essentially what I said. Yeah. And he re- and he replied with like, well, I think if he improved on his accuracy, he could be a top NFL quarterback. And and like that is fair to a point, but also like that's basically saying. Aside from his one glaring weakness, he's an NFL yes. talent, and it's like, couldn't you literally right. do that with if every Achilles player? If Achilles didn't have football? his heel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, you can you can literally do that with every every quarterback. It's, I also argue his decision making is not very good too. I don't think he sees the field very well. That's a, that's a whole other point. Yeah, uh, Harbaugh but, doesn't develop his quarterbacks well to do that. Yeah, um, I did pull up the tier list by the way. He is way too high. Let me just give you the top three tiers. I think you'll find it very amusing. Uh, it's like four tiers. The classic tier one A, tier one B kind of thing. Tier one mm-hmm. A, fair enough. Agreed here. Caleb Williams, Drake May. That seems yeah. fair. They're the best, That's best two. No problems. Tier one B. Here's where it starts getting into problems. Tier one B is Florida State's Jordan Travis, Oregon's Bo Nix, Utah's Cam Rising, and Washington's Michael Penix Jr. Bo Nix and Michael Penix, I get it. I, Jordan Travis, yeah. you can you can argue. Yeah, you can argue Jordan Travis. I think it's a little too high. I don't think he's the best version of that that genre of quarterback. Even um, Cam Rising is going to miss part of the year with a you know like a broken leg, <laughs> and like is a good, not great college quarterback. Uh, the next tier, tier two, is called. You may not have noticed, but these guys are really good. Four players. Oh no! First of all, the first name in this list. Arkansas's KJ Jefferson. He has been a top 10 quarterback back to back seasons in college football for an you SEC West football team. How could I not have noticed he was good? He was on a top 10 team two years ago. If I didn't notice he was good, am I watching college football? Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway, I, I, I love the title of that. That's. 
Yeah, the other three names this list are Jalen Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, and Frank Harris. Frank Harris, that's a great spot for him. That's fine. Whatever. Jalen Daniels, I love Kansas. He's not that good. He's no. he's a pretty good college quarterback. He's not a top 30 college quarterback to me right now. J.J. McCarthy, how would I not have noticed he's good? He plays in national football on primetime games every single yeah, Saturday. That, that, that's the other thing. If, <laughs> if, if, you, if you haven't seen J.J. McCarthy play to have an opinion of him one way or another, like, what? What the fuck are you doing? Like, you can't... They were in the college football playoff. What do you mean you might not have noticed? You might not have noticed Michigan's quarterback. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's very annoying. It's very stupid. Um, the next tier is the last one I'll read here. He has Alabama's... <laughs> it's Sorry, it's quarterback situations. Is why I should, I should clarify this. No way. So so he has Alabama's... Just whoever it three. is. Yeah, he's Tyler Bookner, Jalen Monroe, and Ty Simpson. He has Clemson's Kate Klubnick, fine. Georgia's Carson Beck or Brock Vandegrift. Ohio State's Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. He has Penn State's Drew Aller or Bo Prabola. Why would you listen to or there? It's going to be Drew Aller. Yeah. Um, and Tennessee's Joe Milton III or Nico uh, Lamavalea. Um, come on, dude. Take this seriously. Take, take the sport seriously. If you're covering the sport as a professional, you have Jaden Daniels, who's on the second best team in the SEC, behind Joe Milton and Tyler. Booker. I would take I would take literally every quarterback on the list, even the Oars, over Jaden Daniels. You don't like Jaden Daniels? Yeah, I would. I, I, I would take. I, I'm fine with him, but I would take all all three of or everybody on, on the on the last list over him. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying Jalen Daniels or Jaden Daniels? Sorry, Jalen Daniels. Did I say Jaden? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said you said Jaden Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 I like Jaden Daniels a lot. I, I, I also like, like Jalen Daniels. I no, but I would, but I would take all of those quarterbacks that you just listed over Jalen Daniels. Yeah. Hmm. Who? I'll play? come back to that one. I'll come back to that. I would not take Tyler Bookner, Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, Brock Vandegrift, Bofer Bola. Over, over I, guess, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. I probably, they're, they're but not, that's a whole other. But Jaden Daniels is like, yes, probably, he's a top 10 quarterback this year. Like, and he wasn't even the guy on that list, like, was he? Yeah, he was in tier four down with like Sam Hartman and Dylan Gabriel and Will Howard. Uh, he like completed over 70% of his passes and was the leading rusher on the team that you know finished second in the SEC. Right. Uh, LSU is the number two team in the country right now, probably or number three team in the country by ranked yeah. Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, crazy. I, I thought. I, I thought. It, I thought it was amusing. Like a few months ago, that um, Brian Kelly felt the need to name him the starter. Like yeah, yeah, it's good. Made an announcement. Like that's it's like performance art. Like I, I think that I think that more teams should do that. Just announce that the clear starting yeah. quarterback is is the starting quarterback. But yeah. He's uh I don't know. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Jaden. I'm a fan of LSU. I, their transfer class was sick too. I think they are going to whoop Alabama's ass. That's I think my so prediction. Too. I think and so too. That, and Brian Kelly's that early year that too. Oh yeah. That early year LSU FSU game too on Labor Day weekend is gonna be one of the best games of the year. Those are two contenders for the playoff for sure. Yeah. Um not like an Oregon stuff. Those are both two top six or seven teams. Yeah. Um anyway. Um, kickoff time has been announced. Uh, we got three of them. <laughs> we got the Michigan State one you and I just talked about. Uh, oh, sorry, we have one other Ohio State one, and there's one other Big Ten one as well. 
Um, so big shocker here, Kevin. You, you, this a noon noon uh, Ohio State Michigan. We talked about that already. The other one, uh, the whiteout game has been announced, which is Iowa at Penn State, uh, eight o'clock on CBS. So the CBS prime time is kind of the interesting part of this here. People did not expect many CBS night games just due to the way CBS you know covers yeah. football. Uh, but they're still splitting with the SEC this next season. So it'll be one season of CBS, uh, SEC, Big Ten crossover. They're so, going to love that juice. Yeah. They get the three going to be SEC and then go right into the primetime Big and Ten. And it's September year. 23rd, so Iowa shouldn't have too many, if any, losses yet. I'm going to see if they play this with the year. Um, you can uh, maybe even pretend that's going to be <laughs> a, a ranked game, which would be nice. Let's see. They open the year. Yeah, they get Utah State at Iowa State, home against Western Michigan. It's a three and Iowa team walking into Happy Valley. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know the that that's still going to take getting used to. Just the whole the whole CBS. It, it's it's going to be weird the first time I hear that song come on and know that I'm going to watch an Ohio State game after it. But I, I yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not like an ESPN purist or anything. I think most, uh, that there's a, a non, um, non small version of Ohio state fans that still think that ESPN is, uh, conspiring to ruin Ohio state. So I'm sure they'll be happy with yeah. this. So, um, I, I think it kind of used to, uh, to the idea, I guess, of, excuse me, of like having Ohio State, Penn State specifically on ABC. I feel like it happened so many times that it was like I was just used to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. there were definitely a few times when it seemed like it was going to be even like a Fox Nooner or whatever, and they still made it a ESPN yeah. night game when it was at Ohio State. So, Right, just a classic. But I mean, I don't know, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing a whiteout. Penn State, you know, is trying to, I think, boost the record in their whiteout games because... Uh, they are suddenly have a pretty dog shit record in those whiteouts. They're like, very they are legitimately a terrifying environment. That is true. Yeah. Like, it is to me the best environment in college football. Maybe well, it, LSU it has, at home at night against Bama is better, but yeah. That, and that's the thing. It has nothing to do with the environment. It's just the team kind of sucks. And so, like, it yeah. probably does make the games closer than they should have been. It's just like, you weren't going to win the game regardless. Yeah. Uh, top 10 Penn State and top 10 LSU in the same season should make for some good night games this year. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, it will. Um, I'm ex- th- those are both two good programs to be good. I like I like that. They're both fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are the three games we know so far. I guess we're going to find out more, uh, including Penn State coming to Ohio State Halloween or uh, the week before Halloween. Uh, we're waiting to find out the Notre Dame kickoff time, uh, which will definitely be an NBC game. That is a uh, bet your life on that one. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, at Wisconsin should be. I'm curious to see if that that could be a could that be a night game like an NBC or uh, probably a Fox Big Noon. I guess. I, I, what we don't know. It was very easy to figure out the way the draft went between Fox and ESPN. Yep. And like they were picking weeks with with these three teams involved. It's gonna be much more convoluted, and we don't know how it's gonna work. Yep. So. It, yeah, I am it, excited. It's gonna be a to learning process for, and and then it's gonna change again once CBS no longer has the SEC too. So. Right. So, I, I mean, we should hit the full schedule pretty soon. I think so. Do you, do you think the average person gives a shit about this? Um, no. 
like <laughs> like I, I i feel like as we're talking about this i'm just imagining just like an average like ohio state fan that i would just like run into you know in columbus like they probably just uh 20 minutes before the game look what channel the game's going to be on and like pop yeah up, you know like yeah there are people who are going to find out like this season that we don't have espn anymore for for ohio state games yeah I bet my dad doesn't know. I could probably text my dad right now, and he does not know that happened. Yeah. Or they're just going to, like, they're going to learn. They're, it'll be like a pattern. They'll be like, hmm, the game hasn't been on ESPN in a long time. It's like, yeah, no shit. And it's not going to be on ESPN <laughs> for the next six years. Yeah, tw- 2024, 2025, like, oh, what's up with that? It's been a little <laughs> going on, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I don't know. My, I guess my prediction is... I'm going to predict a big noon game for Penn State in Ohio Stadium. I predict NBC night game at Notre Dame. And I think at Wisconsin will be a CBS afternoon game somehow. Okay. I'm, I'm down with that. I don't, I don't have strong takes on this. I, I'm interested in it, but I don't have strong opinions one way or the other. But you know what I do I, have I don't a strong know. opinion on, though? Oh, let's go. Let's hear it. Um, my clothing of choice that you appear to be wearing right now, uh, home field apparel. Tell them what your shirt says, Ryan. Uh, my shirt says the reason I bought two home field shirts because I couldn't buy three. Um, yep. which that's exactly what it says. Which which wouldn't have been true if I had their lovely discount at the time. I could have easily bought three shirts if I had the lovely discount. Just using What's the code the meet at midfield. There we go. Using the code meet at midfield for fifteen percent off your first purchase of of, of some home field apparel. Um, listen, if you're somehow a rival fan of a different team that found this podcast for the first time, God bless uh, like you. Every big, <laughs> every big 10 team has had a release lately. Uh, you have like Northwestern just had shirts drop. Wisconsin has new shirts, Minnesota, uh, Indiana had new shit coming out. Illinois, a lot of teams dropping new stuff right now. Um, really cool stuff out there. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, I have gear dropping on uh, this next week. Uh, there is some Shem Beckler family uh, apparel dropping soon as well. Everyone's excited about that. Um, should be big, but but no, the, the gear is great. It's so comfy. I told this story on the Flipping the Field podcast today as well, but I have been desperately trying to get one of my home field apparel shirts back from our friend. Uh, she has it. She refused to give it back. I lent it as a as a a handshake promise. I would get that one back. I love that shirt. And we are like weeks out. It has not been returned. I've asked about it twice. It's 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 not yours anymore. I'm not getting that shirt back. Yeah, you just got to buy a new one. Yeah, unfortunately, don't use the code. You can no longer use the code. (laughs) Damn it! Uh, In addition to that, you guys should also sign up. I already said this, but for meetupmidfield.com, it is a really fun time to be on there. We are running through our previews around college football, around the Big Ten. It's all kind of kicking off right now. Like we said, it's the start of season preview season. The transfer portal is settled. There's like two or three people that are left that are interested in the portal. Everyone's pretty much done. Uh, Keon Coleman came to Florida State today, which kind of ended the last of it. Um, it's that time of year, man. Like, we are all getting geared up for the season. Recruiting is about to kick off in a major way this first weekend of June. Like, it is the time of year to be on the boards. If you care about the season, you care about getting ready for it, you are not a avid hockey or, or baseball or basketball fan, or, or you are, you're just kind of ready for the season to be over, uh, come to the boards, dude. Come subscribe. Come post with us. I think we are at, like, 10,000 posts now in the, in the off season thread or 10,000 views, something like that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is bubbling over on there. Really fun time. Give it a shot. Like, here's the thing. If you're, if you're a member who 
who's never tried it before, give it a go. See what happens. Uh, give, give it a try. But anyway, what's our next topic, Kevin? What, what else we get into here? So I am excited about this. You can either talk me down or hype me up from this. I am quickly, quickly hopping aboard the Air Nolan hype train. Like yeah. quickly. And like I I would go as to go as far as to say that I don't think I have been as excited about a future Ohio State quarterback as I have since like Braxton Miller as I am wow. with Nolan. And for those of you who know me, you know I love Braxton Miller. I th- I don't think we're ever gonna see another player quite like Braxton Miller, especially at the quarterback position. Oh, I, what a player. I am quickly getting there with Aaron Nolan, and it's completely different. Obviously, like Aaron Nolan's not gonna, you know, pull a, a spin move on three guys and you know trot to the end. Well, that, well <laughs> if he does, I, it will be a happy surprise. But uh, that that's not really his game. But he just seems like it seems like Ohio State got in at the perfect time for him, and uh, it seems like he is the sort of guy that's gonna like blossom late in his career and that he has not really reached his ceiling yet um which is incredible because he had easily the best junior season of any of the uh elite quarterbacks in the country and um, by all accounts he just keeps getting better and that's really what you like to see from a quarterback that you're going to hand the keys to your team um, so I like you, you can either talk me down from that, but like, I am, I am big on Aaron Nolan and he just got invited to the elite 11 finals. Um, I think he is the, how many consecutive Ohio state quarterbacks have been to the elite 11 finals? Uh, I think the last I, one Lincoln, Lincoln Keen holds the knot. Yeah. Lincoln that's, holds okay. the knot. that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Well, yeah, um, the other guy who we dropped was there. Um, actually, no, he wasn't either. Right. He um, he was not, he was not. So. But it, was, it was it was a long uh, before that long yeah. before that i mean you had stroud you had haskins i believe was there right i don't even know that yeah yeah um, yeah haskins, haskins was there. there tate martell was there matthew baldwin was there jack miller was there kyle mccord was there um justin fields obviously famously beat out trevor lawrence it uh is the the mvp there stroud won the mvp so like i i'm, I'm predicting it i think aaron nolan's gonna win the mvp of the elite 11 and that's uh keep that tradition alive Love it. Yeah, they've been averaging about 15 invites uh, a year so far. Um, it, it's like the last like last five or so years. Average about 15 invites a year. He he got his at the Elite 11 Regional. Notably, like you said, he went against Jaden Davis, the Atlanta Elite 11 Regional. Uh, and only one guy got invited. Um, hmm. I mean, to clarify, Jaden Davis will be invited. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. But he has not been yet, and he did not get it live at the event. Um only Aaron Nolan got it, which is pretty interesting. Uh, there's also a lot of videos. Our, our friends, uh, Mark Gibbler and uh, Tony Gerber and those guys over at Buckeye Huddle posted some videos of them going head-to-head. I think they posted every rep on their YouTube page, actually, if you want to go watch it. Uh, you could hear the coaches hyping up the Ohio State-Michigan thing the whole time and, like, yelling at them about, like, uh, the rivalries. So yeah. they were going back-to-back. Who's, back. who's better is Aaron Nolan. It's Aaron Nolan. I mean, he was better that day for sure. Yep. They haven't picked many guys yet. Davis doesn't have an invite. I think Dylan Rayola has one. I believe uh, Julian Sayan and Elijah Brown got one in California. I think CJ Carr got one in the Midwest trip. So it's like only five guys so far have been invited, and Aaron Nolan's one of them. There's also been some rumblings that came out from uh, Alabama's insider Andrew Bone and um, uh, Dot in the Eyes contributor and insider Jeremy Birmingham, Berm, our buddy. 
that Alabama apparently wanted Aaron Nolan over Julian Sand and couldn't get him. Wow. Um, which is pretty interesting. Cool. I, I That one to me, a berm is very well sourced. I, if he says it, it's probably true. But that's a, I love Aaron Nolan. I, uh, to get me wrong. Julian Sane is the one quarterback in the class that is, to me, clearly better than everybody else. Like, he is the clear number one to, yeah. to me personally, the individual. But that's just my that's my take. I'm not Nick Saban. I'm better, but you know it's different. Um, <laughs> the um, the that would ju- I I would 100% believe that they were telling Aaron Nolan that because yes. because like by all accounts they were recruiting the shit out of Aaron Nolan. Um, so like. And that's that's one of those things where like I mean Ryan Day was going to do it. Ryan Day wanted to sign. He'd be he'd be glad to sign Julian Sane and Aaron Nolan too. You know, like it's yeah. it's you get both of them in. One of them wins the job, the other one transfers. That's just how it goes. Like it's totally fine. No reason why they can't work out that way. Um, so like I I am totally fine believing that they um, told Aaron Nolan that or leaked that or like allowed that to get to the press or something like that. Um, whether it's true or not, like I don't really know. Who knows? But, yeah, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, the, the point is that Alabama did push really hard for Aaron Nolan. And I have to bring this up. I wrote about this in the kegger a little bit um, a, a few weeks ago. There was a article, I believe it was Stephen Means of Cleveland.com. Um, I believe it was Stephen. If it wasn't Stephen, I'm sorry. It could have been somebody else, but it was Cleveland.com. Um, it was a great article, but it talked about Aaron Nolan. It could Nolan's. have been Doug Le yeah. It was not. It was not Doug. I would have known if it was Doug. Um, it was it was too positive to be Doug. I love Doug, but um, <laughs> but it was um about about Aaron Nolan's commitment and why he chose Ohio State, and like, I am getting just like triggered and like low key like just sick of the number of articles that I've read where they make an intentional point to mention that Ohio State's NIL package was nowhere close to what the other schools were offering, but they chose Ohio State anyway, like. I, I get the, the sentiment. Fuck up. I get the sentiment and like it's cool that they did it, whatever, but like I, once, just once, I want to hear just like, oh yeah, actually Ohio State's was up there with everybody. And like I like it this shouldn't be an underdog story. The it's, number of look, times that I've heard that, like it's taking a life of its own. It's not real. I'm sorry to say I I've I've gone back and forth twice now. Here's my official stance on this. My official stance early on was it's not real. It's never going to be real. Ohio State's fine at NIL. Then for a while, we lost Damon Wilson and Mark Fletcher. I was like, ah, oh, shit, maybe it's a problem. We got to get this fixed. It's because the foundation's incompetent, yada, yada. My stance now is like, it's fixed. Like, it's good. They have two or three foundations yeah. in place. They have three full, like, collectives in place. Uh, you know, they have math on how much our players actually made. It's near the top of the sport. Like, we're doing fine on money. I am not yeah. stressed about money at all. The problem is they won't promise upfront, like, signing bonus yes. as much to players, if it's a problem at all. And it's become pretty clear that we have data to demonstrate how much our players actually make. It's become less and less of an issue. Yep. And sure, they lost a couple of players on the stretch. They lost them well specifically because of that, allegedly. But they also said Ohio State was offering a guaranteed amount anyway. So it's not even that. It's just, like, sometimes you it just wasn't. lose on yeah. a player. Like yeah. David Wilson's just sorry, George is just better developing rush ends than we are right now. Yeah. Um which it's not happens, a surprise. Yeah. And and it's and George it's of, the, yeah, defensive. Player. It is it yeah. is one of those things where I do believe that sometimes Ohio State gets beat out for upfront money. Do I believe that that's like the only decision or like even the main decision in most cases? Probably not. But if you're like really yeah. close to go Ohio State and Georgia and like you're leaning one way or the other, like you're it's really hard to make a decision. And Georgia comes in and says, Well, I'll give you 
X amount of money more. Like, yeah, of course, of course you will. I just hate the bag man bullshit. Like, I, I'm yes. sorry. A player does not go through multiple unofficial visits on his own dime to Ohio State, an official visit, this, that, and the third, all these things to take his school all the way through the process. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't have enough money from Ohio State. Sorry, that gets vetted out way earlier. That happens like the summer before your senior year. It doesn't happen at the last minute. Like, right. do players sometimes get a bigger offer? They flip last minute. Sure, but like, we're not not in the game because we're not offering money. Like, like we don't we don't get all the way to the finish line. Be one of the final two teams without offering any cash. We were in the game because we were offering money, and we got beat out because he liked different school better. It happens. But that's all besides the point here. To get back to Aaron Nolan, I think he is a clear top five or six quarterback in this class to me. I think it's going to be a competition, uh, obviously, between quite a few guys. I mean, you know, right now, Dylan Rayola is atop this class. Um, I have been on record for quite a while that I think that's not really correct. I don't think he's that good. Um, I think he's a bit overrated. I think Julian Sane's the best counterback in the class. To me, Dylan Rayola and DJ Lagway are like kind of the same guy. They're both freak talents. Uh, Lagway more physically, Rayola more with his arm talent. Um, although both can, Rayola can run and Lagway can certainly spin it. Um, Lagway's motion is so fucked up. Uh, it's just like he drops the ball like below his hip. I hate it. He throws that sidearm bullshit. He thinks he's Patrick Mahomes, but anyway, that drives me nuts. Um, CJ Carr, I think, is very good. Jaden Davis is very good. They're both smaller quarterbacks. CJ Carr is not as big as he's listed. Uh, Davis, did you watch those clips from Lee Levin at all? Did you get a chance to watch him throw? I did. He also holds the ball very low. Uh, He's not quite as sharp on on accuracy as as Air is. He also, like... You can can finish finish your thought. I was going to say, I think think Davis, he's easy to watch him side by side by Air. The ball comes off his hand faster. He's a little more velocity than Eric does. I, I can't argue that. But he, like, really is not that good of an athlete for the size he's playing at. Like, he should be much more athletic than he is for, like, what Michigan's recruiting him as. Yeah. yeah. And, and so so my my whole thing, and I, I'm on record as loving Jaden Davis. Me too. Yeah. I, I, I loved him, especially, like, a year ago. Um, and I, I wanted Ohio State to choose him over Dylan Real. I did. Like, that was that was who I wanted. Um, I was on the same page. We agreed on that, yeah. But I will say that we're also on the same page that taking a quarterback that early is kind of stupid anyway because you yep. are then projecting how they're going to develop and stuff. And I was happy with taking the better athlete compared to Rayola, and I think Davis is the better athlete compared to Rayola. But he hasn't really developed the way that I would have liked him to. Nope. Um, he and like more than that, like he does not have like this isn't Kyler Murray. This isn't even like Bryce. No, Young. it's not Bryce. Young. He's, not a, he's not that quick. Exactly. And so like my thing is like he, he is definitely quick enough. He can run. Um, and if if he developed as a passer, it was going to be great. Like kind of that Justin Fields, like he can run, but he's clearly a pocket passer, at least in college. Um, but that's not that's not how it is. He he is not developed as a passer. He does not play like Bryce Young for as small as he is. He plays taller than he he looks, I guess. Um, he doesn't have a lot of balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. I don't think that's the case for Jaden Davis. Um, I don't know. I I just I I am much happier with the trajectory of Aaron Noland, even if he's not a hundred percent there yet. I am much happier with the trajectory of Aaron Noland than I am 
with the trajectory of Jaden Davis. Maybe maybe Jaden Davis is a better quarterback right now, but by the time both of them are ready to play at, at Ohio State and Michigan, I um I I love Aaron Holland. Yeah, me too. Um, and like with Davis too, like you can kind of see how he fits Michigan system to the way they play him at high school. Even like he does, like his quarterbacks coach gets him a lot of like kind of designed pocket rollouts, like on play action. Yep. Like he does a lot of the same shit he's going to do at Michigan if he starts there. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's like a smaller, less athletic JJ McCarthy, which like, again, I don't think JJ McCarthy's that good. I think he's like a smaller, less athletic version of that. Like what's the, I don't know. Like, I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the class. I just don't think he's like, I would put him on the same tier. I think Aaron's a tier ahead of him. I guess at this point, that's what I would say. I think Aaron has passed him up. I think the, the tier at the top of the class, you have, you know, Saiyan, Rayola. Everyone else puts Lagway there, so I'll consent and keep him there. I think you have Noland. I, I think based people I've talked to and seen who, who had him there, including our buddy Mark Givler, I think CJ Carr's that tier. Uh, and I'd also say Ryan Puglisi, the other the other Georgia commit, um, I think are the kind of the top group. Uh, I would have, you know, Davis down with Elijah Brown and Jake Merkinger, who's committed to Tennessee, and uh, Luke Romanhoek, who's committed to um, committed to Florida State, Colin Hurley, the LSU commit. I think that's kind of the next group of guys um, behind the top group. That's where he's at. I don't think he's like, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm very curiously left is what I'm trying to say. I want to watch it all play out. I want to see more film. I want to simply just see your years. Because the quarterback class this year is really compelling, and I'm kind of yeah. curious if it'll play out. Yeah, me too. I've spent more time thinking about this year's class than I have in a while. Same, same. And, uh, I mean, I guess speaking of that, Dylan Rayola now is off the board. Um, he is committed to Georgia officially, um, top quarterback in the class. Is that Shocker. concerning? Is, is that concerning to you? No. I, I, I have takes on this. I have takes on this. I, I can go first. My thing is – okay. I truly do not give a shit who Georgia's quarterback is because I don't think it matters. I think that Georgia's offense, at least in the past, um, I know that they're they're having a, a kind of offensive reshuffle a little bit, but um, for the past, like, God, as long as I can remember, it just hasn't mattered who the quarterback has been because the way that the offense runs, there's like a limit to how much a quarterback can possibly affect the game positively or negatively. So as long as the quarterback is good enough to kind of like hit that threshold, there's really nothing more he can do. And I think that is part of the reason why it was a great decision for Justin Fields to transfer the hell out of there because it just didn't functionally matter if he or Stetson Bennett or Jake Fromm or whoever was starting ahead of him um, played. And so he was never going to start. And if he did, he would have performed the exact same thing. It would have just been him with the Chicago Bears right now. You know, like it, I don't know. Um, they're throwing to open receivers, like, you know, routes across the middle like they're not the way that a quarterback operates in Georgia it doesn't like you don't need a great quarterback and so like I'm not really that concerned whether Georgia has a former walk-on as their quarterback or whether they have the top quarterback in the country because I think the offense is going to perform the exact same way regardless yeah I think that's fair um and, and especially now with the hiring of Bobo right I think the hiring of Bobo as the OC is kind of even maybe a step backwards I think so offense. too I'm, yep very curious to see play out, but like, yeah, man. And, and I don't know, like it's really easy to see the offense work when they had, they've had the steep stable of running backs and it's still pretty good, but like they haven't set a five-star running back in like three or four years now. Yeah. And it's again, definitely by committee now. It's by committee. It's been by committee like four or five years in a row. You can say that, but the committee used to be like, 
here are two five stars, two four stars. Now it's like yeah. here are four guys top 150. And like maybe they're not as special as the other guys were before. There's not a Todd Gurley in that committee anymore. There's not a DeAndre Swift yeah. in that committee, even. Those guys are kind of taking a step back, in my opinion. Um, the offensive line is still elite, you know, but Brock Bowers ain't gonna be around forever. Brock Bowers, that's, you know, Darnell Washington's gone. Well, that's yeah, that's Brock the Bowers other thing. Says, that's the other thing for me yeah. is like Brock Bowers kind of got shut down in the national title game as soon as Darnell Washington got out. When you don't have two tight ends, two elite tight ends that were your passing game, like what are you gonna do? And right. I, I I think I think I love Brock Bowers. I think he's awesome. Like he's gonna have a pro career, or whatever. Um, but like I think he yeah, more than that, he's probably the best tight end prospect in a like, long time. In a in a, in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I, I I'm not like disparaging Brock Bowers, but like it's a lot easier to build your offense around a fucking tight end when you have two of them. Yep. Yeah. And, and like it's also easier to mold the running game when you have a guy who's six seven two seventy who can just like you know yep. act like a third tackle. Yep. Right. Like I, I don't know. I'm curious to kind of see what this looks like long term for Georgia. I, I mean, obviously, there's there's still don't get me wrong. Like they're they're still yeah. like as good as any team. They're, they're the best team in the country right now. Well, and it's, uh, it's, the talent. It's it's what happened with Alabama. Alabama's like Nick Saban. Credit to him. He hasn't done it recently, but credit to him. He evolved and like as his team needed to change, he changed the offense. He changed the personnel that they they put out. Like he, you can look at how Alabama's evolved offensively and defensively over the past like two decades, yeah. and it's been it's been incredible. Now Georgia's faced with a spot where they are going to have to evolve, and I'm really interested to see how it goes. I'm not saying that it's going to be bad, but like they they are going to have to make changes. Yeah, and I think, in my opinion, it feels to me like Kirby and Ryan Day are working from the same cloth, and I think Kirby's just a better version of this guy at a better program. Lincoln Riley's in this category, too, of guys who are convinced that their system is correct, and if they just yeah. ram enough talent in the machine, it'll produce a national title. And Kirby was right. He also kind of yeah. fell into Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin also kind of like was not really a hire that he had planned out for. Kind of just And Todd Munkin didn't look that good early on. He kind of just flipped the switch. I don't, it was very bizarre. Like Tom Lincoln just learned something <laughs> and adapted it. And like, you know, I think Ryan day is a better version of Lincoln Riley and, and Kirby starts a better version of Ryan day in a very different way. But like those guys all kind of have this overrunning belief in their system and just putting talent towards it. Right. And you can put like, you know, Lane Kiffin in that, in that system too. Right. Lane Kiffin's in that yep. list. Um, a few other guys like that. Brent Rendable seems to be the same way. I, I, like, I don't like Nick Saban, is now getting to a point where I think that we talked about his team endlessly this year. I don't think they have that much juice coming this year. Um, but I don't know, man. Um, I guess I'm just very curious to kind of see what becomes of uh, of kind of the Kirby system. I'm kind of curious to see how Riddle fits it because I he's a great, great player. But does he look like the way these other quarterbacks have looked for them? Like, is he a guy who's going to run that much? Is he? Yeah. And like, like and are they gonna go that, back to the Matt Stafford offense, two thousand eight? Yeah, right. And like, more than that, like more it's that. it's a um, it's the the offense is just not an offense that like putting a great player at quarterback really like you know augments the offense really in any way. And so, unless yeah. they're committed to like changing it to build the offense around this great player, or at least sorry, to clarify, like, that kind of great quarterback, that kind yes. of great quarterback, yes, putting a yes. great runner. If you put Lamar Jackson, that's the bad shoes. Yeah, Georgia's unstoppable. They never lose right. a game. Yeah, but <laughs> which is it, it? Like, it's wild that those aren't the guys that they're recruiting. But anyway, um, yeah, I think Vandergriff was supposed to. Be, I mean, Justin Fields was that guy, right? And they yeah, just that's true. didn't didn't play him. I think Vandergriff was allegedly supposed to be, and just never was. Uh, yeah, yeah, very odd, man. Hmm. Anyway, um, but I 
I, I guess the the other thing that I've seen people talking about um, after Rayola's commitment is uh, Jeremiah Smith. So when Jeremiah Smith initially committed to Ohio State, uh, hypothetically, Dylan Rayola was still Ohio State's quarterback. Uh, Rayola decommitted three days after Jeremiah no, that's, Smith committed. It's the other way around. Was it? I believe Smith committed three days after Rayola decommitted. Okay, well, maybe, maybe that's wrong. Sorry, but, um, sorry to neuter your uh, neuter your thing here. Uh, neuter my take, but uh, <laughs> is that right? I want to double check that. I, I'm, I'm. Uh, hold on, let's get this pulled up. So you, Dylan uh, Rayola decommitted on December seventeenth, and oh, really? Yep. Huh. So it was yeah. three days before. Three days before, shit. I, yep. That feels incorrect to me. I don't. I believe you. It just doesn't like. But I but, swear but, to God, the, I'm being. I'm being. I'm being. It's a. Uh, it's a Mandela effect here. Yeah, I'm being Mandela affected, dude. Yeah. But um, all that to say is it really doesn't matter because like, I I don't maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think the day Dylan Rayola decommitment came out of like absolutely nowhere. Um. So I like I I kind of doubt that Dylan Rayola was the reason why Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State. Um, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but there definitely was a brief span where Ohio State had. That's why I remember is Ohio State had the number one and number two player in the country for three days, essentially. Yeah, uh, fair uh, enough. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so after Dylan Rayola uh, decommitted or committed to Georgia this week, a quote started going around. Um, uh, it was I. Attribute, I can attribute it to on three, I think, is who did the interview with Jeremiah Smith. Correct. Yeah, it was um, Chad Simmons, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Georgia getting Dylan means a lot to me and my interest in them. I have to really give Georgia a look now that they have Dylan. And so that was the, the quote that, that came out. Um, and naturally, like, especially casual college football fans who don't really follow recruiting or anything like that, they had a field day with that. They're like, oh, my God, Jeremiah Smith, he's going to, you know, decommit from Ohio State and go to Georgia. What is your take on that? Yeah, it's not a worry at all. I'm not concerned. Uh, it is basically he has said a thousand times that he's going to take his visits because he can, and mm-hmm. as long as Brian Hartline and Ryan Dare at Ohio State, he's going to sign with Ohio State. Yeah, he's, which he's is... said that a billion times. He said it again this week. Um, I, my, here's my thing: the kid likes to play the game. He does. He's oh he, sure he's from South Florida. Yeah, he, he he loves it. He's he's gonna answer questions like this as many times as they're asked. He's never gonna say like if you ask him his interest in another program. He will 100% never say, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm not interested in them. I am 100% yeah, locked in." Except for Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Miami. He told them to fuck <laughs> off. That's pretty funny. Um, but uh, that that's just not going to happen. He's going to take his visits. You're going to see pictures of him in like Florida Gators uniforms, like shit like that. But he's going to end up at Ohio State. I'm not worried about that at all. Um, barring Brian Hartline leaving or Ryan Day leaving, um, either or. Like those are the only things that I could see that might get him to reconsider. But if they're both around next year, he's signing with Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't. Uh, I'm not concerned at all. I, I was getting our buddy fixed house because Dan was like shit talking me via text. I was like, "Oh, you worried about Jeremiah?" I'm like, "No, it's no. he's coming to Ohio State." Yeah. Georgia has put one wide receiver in the first round in the entire history of the school. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's. If you watch them play football and you're a wide receiver, why would you ever go there? I feel like, like that should be Brian Hartline's recruiting, but I, I guess I don't know that it's not. He could say that. Like, their best – yeah, fair enough. Like, 
anyone recruiting against George at that position can say, hey, you know who Jer- your Jermaine Burton is, a former five-star? He committed to Georgia, played there, started as a true freshman, was the leading receiver in the team. He still left because being the leading receiver as a true freshman on Georgia is not enough targets to do anything in the NFL. Yep. <laughs> that's all you got to know. Yeah, I mean, they build their offense around throwing to the tight ends and their running backs. Like, that's, I don't know. But, yeah, that's... That's uh that was that was the 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 Rayola trickle down. I think we had one more topic we wanted to talk about. Uh, I, I guess the curiosity uh, to me is is he actually going to sign with Georgia? Like he's always going to commit there. It seems like he's probably going to go there. I don't know. People who still think he's going to flip one more time to Nebraska or something like that. The last It'd be really funny. I don't, I don't I don't know if I buy that, but also. A buddy of ours and a, a member of the Ohio State media, I will let remain nameless because I think he is in a private chat, was uh, floating a theory that he said is fairly well sourced that Rayola has basically, he was always going to commit for like months now and held off on actually doing so uh, because he knew Ohio State was trying to get Ryan Puglisi, uh Georgia's commit to come visit and wanted mm-hmm. him just as bad as Aaron Nolan. And basically was trying to fuck Ohio State over by keeping BBC locked in until after they had to take somebody. Mm. That seems pretty vindictive of the guy, but it's... Uh, I hate the real family. I'll, I'll buy it. His dad's a <laughs> fucking shithead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his dad's one of the all-time dirtiest players in NFL history. I mean... Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. He's... I don't know. And he just... He gives you the energy, too. Like, it's... If you hear him... He's definitely... He has Marinovich energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he yeah, feels yeah. like Tom Brinovich to me. I, I, I feel I feel like it's going to end up as a positive that Ohio State doesn't end up with Rayola. I, I feel like one way or another, I at some point in the future, I'm going to be glad that that happened. Um, yeah, I, I still think he's a really good quarterback. Obviously, you know, the number one prospect in the country for a reason. But I feel like some something's going to happen where I'm going to be like, ah, you know, I'm glad I'm glad this worked out for Ohio State. So. Yeah. If anything, because quarterback just always works out at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, it pretty much does on a Ryan Day, at least. Yeah, I, I feel fine. I, I think Ryan, I think Aaron Oland is one of the best quarterbacks in America. I mean, it'd be the best for all we know. I think he's in that range. Uh, I think he's incredibly cool and calm. Players seem to gravitate towards him. I think Ohio State's going to finish up its offensive class relatively shortly. Um, there's a couple more offensive linemen they're going after, but it's pretty much, and there's one more tight end who's signed committed, one more wide receiver they're trying to get. But besides that, it's pretty much done on offense. That's because Aaron Oled rocks, and I'm confident in him. Um, we come back and talk. I think this is the last thing we're talking about, right? It's the last thing on our schedule. It is. Uh, yeah. yeah. When you and I talk next week, we can uh, get into the recruiting coming up here because I am very excited to get some more information and data on the defensive recruits who are coming to town um, for their official visit soon. Uh, so we'll add that to our list of kind of conversation topics because – we're finally going to have some clarity on what's up with Ohio State's defensive recruiting. Defensive lines can take shape. Uh, things are happening here very, very soon. The next like month is going to be pretty nonstop recruiting, so I'm excited. Yeah, I, I love that. We're like a real podcast. You're teasing next week, and uh, we, we, ha- we had a, a schedule started at, at the beginning. Now, we fuck around and get music, and Dude, we're going to be unstoppable. Might happen. A little podcast that could. A little podcast that could. Uh, we're just trucking along. Who outroed us last week? Who did the outro when we, we spoke last time? I did it. I did it. So it's you. Okay. Let me tell you this, Kevin. All I know is go Bucks. Michigan sucks. And help us on the way.